Hey, my friends, get ready for our next episode where we explore the complicated twists and turns of grief and loss. Today, we have an amazing guest, Sky Nielsen, who also happens to be my amazing sister-in-law. She'll be sharing her own tragic and even beautiful story of losing her mom and watching it all happen unexpectedly at the tender age of 12. This episode is for you if you still bear the scars of grief and loss, or if you have loved ones navigating it and you want to better understand them. Today's pivotal episode on grief not only helps in healing, but also leads to surprising mindset shifts that create massive growth. We'll explore how facing grief can boost empathy and connect us deeply and pave the path to a more insightful, fulfilling life. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. Hey, just a really quick reminder before we start talking to Sky. January 29th is only two weeks away, and I am doing that live one-hour workshop on refueling parents. So that is a 30-day winter reset blueprint, and this really is going to help you rejuvenate and get out of that hole you might have been in recently. So this is if you've had cabin fever or seasonal affective disorder or any of those things, or you're just in a slump and you need more motivation and you need some guidance and some direction, this is the perfect place to go because it is just one hour of your time. And you can get those free resources to help propel you forward in ways you generally can't do on your own. In addition to that, just through January, I am giving $600 off the Costa Rican retreat. This is the last flash sale that we have, and it's only for the next few weeks, probably about two and a half weeks from the time that you listen to this. So go to fulfillmenttherapy.org to sign up for both the workshop and that retreat you are not going to want to miss either one of those. I have put everything into this, and I know how much value I am giving you. And you will soon find out after you sign up for these things as well. Now let's jump into that interview. And for those of you that don't remember, Sky is my sister-in-law, and she has some incredible insight in today's episode, part two, on grief and loss through her own experience. 
So get ready for some amazing content, my friends. I do feel life isn't easy. And I think, yeah, you just add something like that on top. And it was like, I, was, I already had my hands full with, with all of the other pieces of life that I was trying to hold. So I just didn't have the energy to put into it that I needed to. But as soon as that time came, it was really beautiful because everything just aligned for me. And I found a really incredible therapist. It just clicked and I was able to step into it and do what I needed to. And it came full circle and it has been such a gift. I mean, it just lightened the burden so much. I'm so happy to hear that. I love how you just normalize that sometimes it is this process. Like you didn't necessarily have this therapist right away that really was able to help you in the way that you needed. And it might've just been, you weren't quite ready for it yet, even though you wish maybe you would have been. Yeah, I had had a couple of therapists. Like I went to therapy right after the accident for, I think it was a little over a year maybe. And I really, I really didn't want to go. But honestly, it was just, I was so young and I was going through so much. It was like, I didn't want to sit in that if I didn't have to. And, you know, I, they had told me, I would like, if you don't deal with this now, you're going to have to deal with this later. And I was like, solid, I'll deal with it later. (laughs) (laughs) Which like, I is not necessarily the right way, but I do think there is a degree of like offering yourself grace at times and being just aware that, I mean, there is truth that if you don't deal with it now, it will continue to resurface until you are willing to deal with it. But I will also say, like, when that time came, I could step into it in an energy that I was ready to and could heal at that time. And I think prior to that, I don't know that I would, I had the, the space to do that from, at that time. But Right, absolutely. This episode isn't exactly like all the clinical steps and the stages of grief and all that. It's just more speaking to individual experiences and how that can look so different and giving, I love how you mentioned that, giving yourself grace through that. So now that you've gone through those things, is there anything that you do differently if you had to go through it again? Yes. I mean, that's kind of a funny question right after that, because I would go to therapy more. (laughs) (laughs) I really like, I now can see the power of it. Um, so while it's like, it's how oh, it's such a balancing act, right, of like, offering grace and recognizing that the healing might not that you want might not come right then. But there is such power in in therapy. And another thing that I thought of with that question was just, I would let people in sooner to my grief. That's one thing that I found with parts therapy that often like my unmet need was being seen in my grief and I think that wasn't anybody's fault uh, you know to a degree it was mine because I had a really hard time being transparent with people about my grief I often like when I would open up about it I would often end up feeling like either embarrassed or like a burden you know for kind of letting them in on this this pain that I was holding so I just sort of created a habit of keeping that to myself and when I would feel sadness, I would often pull back from the people that I loved the most. That awareness came when my daughter was, I think, like five or six. And it was a Mother's Day. And Mother's Day was always really conflicting for me, especially as a mother, because the daughter in me was grieving. But the mother in me felt like mom guilt for not being just 
elated about, I mean, I had these two precious, incredible kids. I have this husband who, I mean, we just give and receive so much love from each other. What more could I possibly want? Yet I had this piece of, you know, the daughter in me that was just still grieving. And Mm -hmm. I would often really pull away from my family on Mother's Day. And it was such a, this like, yeah, layered and conflicting kind of experience. But I had this experience with my daughter one time where I was journaling on Mother's Day and I was crying in my room and, you know, just full daughter vibes. And um, she came in and she just sat next to me and I just kind of talked to her just very simply. She was really, she was five or six at the time, but she's like such an, she's an old soul. She was very tender and just like soaking it up, but just explaining to her like what I miss my mom and that Mother's Day can be hard for me because it brings up a lot of the emotions that I had as a kid. And it also is just like, I still just deeply ache for her. Yeah. It was just such a release of like emotions. And then all of a sudden I found myself being able to kind of recognize that I could hold both of those. Like I can let my family in on the fact that I'm holding this grief today. And I absolutely love being their mom. And I can't imagine asking for anything more than that. It's like there's space for both. Definitely something that, yeah, came actually just writing that down there's space for both and what wisdom there is in that it's almost hard to understand unless you've been through something like that because it is i'm going back to this wording over and over it is complicated and it is challenging especially different factors like how old you are who it was that you lost there's so many levels of sadness and grief that you're trying to untangle and you just said several things like I'd let people in sooner. I wanted to be seen in my grief. I'd pull back, like you talked about how you pull back from the people that you love the most. And I hear that a lot with my clients. Like this is pretty typical. It's like this way to almost like nurse your wounds sometimes, but also like not really understanding it. That actually leads to another thing that I wanted to talk about that you mentioned a couple of times already about like that healing process. So you talked about parts work. Was there anything else or was it that specifically that helps you the most in your healing process? That specifically really like um, just shifted my perspective on, I think it honestly gave me so much empathy and compassion for myself. I was like, oh, instead of seeing these um, younger parts who had unmet needs, seeing them as like burdens who would be triggered and start driving the crazy train, I could recognize them and like have compassion. Be like, oh, honey, you didn't receive that. And I can see that and I can understand. And guess what? Like I now have the capacity to offer you that. And then all of a sudden with that compassion for myself, it's not the crazy trait anymore. It allows me to like ground into who I truly am instead of kind of these triggered trauma response. I just love that. I feel like you summarized it really well. And I failed to really explain what parts work is. So just very briefly, there's a few different kinds. This is one type of trauma therapy and IFS is internal family system. So that's one of the bigger ones, but it's just, it's the movie inside out, except for those other parts of you are not necessarily just an emotion, but it's almost like a little personality, like a little 
mm-hmm. for example, some of my clients or even me, it might have been like the overachiever self or the rebel or the the stubborn part. I even had a client call one part of herself the librarian. She was goody two shoes kind of person and just very wise and smart. <laughs> yeah. But each each one of those parts is playing a role. And instead of having this judgment or this frustration with that part, you mentioned this, you spoke to it. You learned how to have compassion and empathy because once you sit down and explore those parts, like really, I envision it, especially because I did a lot of visualizations with this and EMDR, which is another form of trauma therapy. Like in my own journey, I visualized, I, I requested to close my eyes. Sometimes I had music on, some just totally in this Zen state. I would picture that self and often that self would be my child self just sitting Indian style on the floor with them or hugging them or just having like this tender interview of curiosity and love. And every part brought out something else in me. Like some of them did not want to be touched. Some of them were way too stubborn to talk. Some of them like, you know, they all responded differently. And then you get to the core of it and you realize many of those parts are just trying to protect you or they're they're doing these different jobs for a purpose because of that that wounded self, essentially. But what was your experience with it? One time in particular, I remember vividly, like afterwards, sitting in my room, I was actually able to do it through Zoom. And we did a form of EMDR as well, but just just through tapping. Mm -hmm. And um, to kind of ground down, but that same thing. So so I was like really upset that day. I was really just like, I called it kind of bubbled up, like just the emotions were up at the top and boiling over. And so we went through meditation and uh, visualization, and I, I walked into my childhood room. So my, at that time, 30-year-old self walked into my childhood bedroom, and I saw my younger self laying on the floor crying, and I was surrounded by my mom's socks, which was <laughs> seems kind of silly, but when somebody dies quickly, one of the things that you don't think about is like those personal things like you can't like donate their socks or give them to somebody so I I had these like bags of my mom's socks and when I really missed her I would pull them out and I would be like looking at them and like just being with them because those were on my mom's feet at one point in time and so so here I am I'm this younger part is laid out crying and I just walked in and I didn't even say anything I, I sat down and I just picked my younger part's head up and laid it on my lap that younger part like cried for a little bit and then stopped crying and I just lifted the head my head up and looked straight at it and I don't know how to explain it like I know that it takes a little bit of being open to the power of of these types of things but it changed my life it was like all she needed was for somebody to see how much she was breathing and the burden that she was carrying and that was me and and I now as an as a 30-year-old woman, could turn around and give her exactly what she needed. And then she wasn't so triggered. She didn't have to drive the train to get attention anymore. Just really like shifted that the weight of that experience. That just opened the door up after that because then anytime emotions would bubble up, I would take that time, you know, sometimes it was in therapy and sometimes it was on my own of pausing and like trying to like trace the root you know, of like, okay, where is this coming from? Okay, if it's coming from this, you know, piece of myself, what do I need to offer that right now? Like, and and it just changes instead of being burdened by 
be like, man, I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I could deal with this better. I wish that, you know, these feelings didn't come up or these situations didn't make me feel this way. It was just a total shift of how to care for myself. Sky, you just summed that up so well, like what it looks like. And you even spoke to it a little bit about how I'm sure listeners are like, that sounds a little, I don't know, hippie or weird because you really, (laughs) you really do have to get to this point. I remember the same thing, like this wall, this barrier of not wanting to open up that can and, and just, you know, kind of matter of factly going throughout therapy. And it wasn't until I really let down my guard and examined what I needed, which is when I started to advocate for myself and close my eyes turn off the video stream so I could just like ball and I didn't have to worry about anything else in the room and all of those things but so that I could let go and that I could you spoke to that like that comforting your child self and the same thing happened for me really powerful visuals of me just being so tender and affectionate with that child in ways that I needed at the time and I don't know if I got them or not. I don't remember. I'm mostly talking about as a five and a half year old losing my dad tragically. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until maybe decades later that I was able to finally understand what it looked like to give myself that validation and that acceptance that probably only I could give in quite that way. And it was transformational, just like you're talking about. I had no idea that we could do that. And if I had, I would have done it years earlier. Sounds like that's what you experienced as well. Yes. And the other piece that you spoke to earlier was the gratitude for those pieces, which I would also say is also like incredible when you can have that shift as well, because so it's like these burdens about your your personality or whatever the the times where you feel like your emotions are like bubbling up in such a way that you like don't have control of them anymore and then you're able to go down and recognize where the root of those those parts come from and what caused them and then yeah you have compassion and gratitude because you're right like those parts were put on to protect us like that was what we had at that time when that trauma happened and and then you can offer gratitude and like, thank you so much for trying to protect me, but I'm okay now. Like that's right. not, I'm not in that situation anymore. And right. and it's silly, like totally hippy dippy. That's what my dad would call it. <laughs> um, but it, it's like, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for healing in that way, I speak to the listener at any point, like. I definitely would look into it because it it absolutely like transformed the grief that I held for most of my life. And accelerate it in a way that I wouldn't have believed without going through it. And I'm not saying it went away completely. Like I really do feel like I am constantly peeling back another layer of that onion. But as I've done my work, like for example, with my brother, even though that was also unexpected and tragic. I felt like my grief was much shorter because I understood how to process grief in a healthier way. And you spoke to this a little bit without using the same verbiage. It's that sense of feelings buried alive never die. And they really don't. With my brother, I just grieved a lot, like these tsunami waves of grief that came out of nowhere for about 12 to 18 months. And then after that, a lot of that pain was gone. And that doesn't mean it's always gone. That younger grief from a child that doesn't really know how to process it can be much more complicated and long lived, if that makes sense. 
No, totally. I think that's a really unique perspective that you have, having all of the training that you do and to have lost that as a child and then to lose as an adult with all this training and, and just absolutely. I mean, regardless of the training, like it hurts. I mean, it's just, it hurts and it, and you'll always ache for him. But there are these like really incredible tools that can very truly help us. Yeah, absolutely. One of the last questions I have is, if you knew that your kids were about to go through something similar, heaven forbid, what would you do to prepare them for it or do to even help them while they went through something like that? My knee-jerk reaction here is like, oh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> Take that away. That <laughs> no, will not happen. No. <laughs> yeah, don't put that evil on my soul. But I do recognize that if it, if that particular thing doesn't happen to my kids, it will be a, a variation of that, right? Like nobody can escape this. This is totally a universal experience in a variety of, you know, people experience it in different ways, but we all experience grief and loss. What I think, honestly, faith and believing in life after this experience, to me, that is like the one shining piece. It's not that it took the pain away, but I think it, offers hope. And for me, you know, I had that experience in the water, which absolutely was like a beacon of like recognizing that I am a soul in a body. And while I didn't always know how to hold that, you know, as a kid, I definitely journaled about it a lot, which is interesting to read back on. But um, that was always a beacon and, and just having faith and knowing that my mom's journey here ended, but she didn't die. Like her body might have, but I know that my mom is still around. I know that I'm still connected to her. I know that even though it's painful, she's not physically here. I know she has been with me every moment I wanted her to be there and ached for her. So that's like, honestly, what I would hope to give my children is just like, there is something bigger than this life and I think when you know that there's something after this life then you you're able to like zoom out and that's kind of what happened you know with with the accident I was able to like zoom out and recognize how that ripple effect kind of affected other people's lives I mean there was such a bigger story than just me losing my mom and I would hope just to instill that in my kids because I think it's always going to hurt if they have to go through something like that. But recognizing that they can build it into something, they can build themselves from it. And it was meant to be in, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I always struggle explaining this, but I had talked to you about this a little bit when we did this previous interview, but the beauty and grief and loss and the beauty in any challenge. And it's this refining fire that burns away the things that are more inconsequential and you talked about your faith and how that was so pivotal for you and that was something that you would want to instill in your kids so that they could get through that and that really is what a lot of my clients even have clung to through something like this because it is so big without some sort of compass or without values or things like that and honestly, I don't know how people successfully navigate it without something like that. I know some of them do. I think it can just be a more complicated journey. And my heart does absolutely go out to them for that. But thank you for sharing also just what it would be for you. And I, I think even just my own experience, I think 
I agree with you with that. And also, I think I would remember to sit with them in their grief more with that empathy instead of trying to fix it and offer them that unconditional love and really just pray for patience and tenderness in their own journey, especially if they're young, because it can be so complicated and they can't really put words to it sometimes. And sometimes it will be flaring up for years in random ways that are hard to understand. And I hope that I would just be able to offer that to them and also normalize it through talking about maybe my experience and yeah, clinging to things that you talked about, like values, faith, things that will help them navigate that process better. I can't imagine how hard that would be, you know, just as a as a parent, you just want to take it all away. But there, you know, I, I know firsthand, like all I needed was somebody to come and let me cry on their lap without saying a single word, you know. That was the need that that wasn't met. And yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And just hearing your story, you can't see me because we turned off our video for the sake of the audio working better. But I've just been tearing up several times as you share your story, just picturing that young you and that grief that you experienced and that hole it creates. That's You can't take that away from somebody, but you can tenderly love them through it. My last question that I had is, what did you learn most through your experience of grief and loss? The things that kind of stand out for me, I definitely feel aware of just the chapters of time that life can hold. Right after my mom passed away, the grief was so big. And even as, you know, a couple of years later, but still as a child and growing up, the grief held so much space in my life. As time has passed and experiencing that, I can just see that there are chapters of time and that even when things feel really big and take up so much space in one chapter of time, there will come a time where it will shift and um, it won't always be that way. And it, there will come a time that it will be more manageable. And, and probably the other piece is just that experience definitely has been like a reminder to how precious and wonderful, even like the most mundane moments in life are. And just to, to soak them up and be present and not fearful that, Things could change, but just recognizing like the beauty and the gift of, you know, being with my kids and just very simple things, letting them see me as a full human in all my imperfections and just opening up and really being vulnerable. I think that's one thing, you know, I I lost my mom at such a young age that I feel like I didn't get to know her as like a full human. You know, I just got to see her. I understood her as like the version from my 12 year old eyes, you know, and I, I didn't live with her full time. So I just really want that for my kids. And I think there's such beauty in that. And often we live in such a distracted experience. But I think that my experience gave me the awareness of how important and beautiful and precious these moments of life are. Yeah, that is so beautiful. And that this whole episode really has made me reflect on those same things too, as I ask you that those questions like, For me, I I think I agree with you. You talked about that gratitude and that beauty and the mundane. And it reminded me of even this morning, my oldest son, he, he often jokingly, when he goes to school, he'll say, don't die. Okay. And I always kind of respond back like, but if I do, it's going to be okay because I'm going to be having amazing adventures and it's going to be really great. And he's like, don't have adventures without me. I was like, don't worry. I've got things to do. But as soon as you get there, after a long life, we're going to hang out. It's going to be great. 
I want them to know that I'm going to be okay no matter when I leave and that I'm so excited and there's so many fantastic things and I'm not afraid. I want them to know that. And I think in both of those experiences, and not just death, but any trauma, I feel like it clarifies our vision and our purpose and helps me be grateful for the time that I've had with my loved ones, especially. And every day, I I think because it happened at such a young age for me, almost daily, I think, wow, I am so grateful for all the things that I've experienced with my kids. And I know that if I were to pass away, if I were to die, that it would be okay. Like, I feel really good about where I'm at. I think that I've prepared myself maybe more than others because I know how precious life is maybe in a way that other people haven't had to experience. Even recently, I've been, I do a family photo books, assemble them this time of year, every year. And I love doing that because I love reviewing with my family the wonderful experiences we've had in just one year. And they often go through those photo books and they're reminded about all those tender mercies, about all those beautiful moments, about that connection that we have as a family and really just continues to build that gratitude for this beautiful, precious life because grief and loss is hard. You never know when it's going to strike. I want to build those moments of remembering the good things. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think that's so beautiful. I I love like the photo book idea. I do think you are such a good, like inspiring kind of example of, of really making everyday count and and prioritizing the things that will fill you up and, and make you feel like you're utilizing this time on earth and Yeah, I also think it's really beautiful, like talking to your kids to a degree, like so openly about it, because it's not something to be fearful of. And we have no control, right? So I think there's such power in kind of dismantling the fear behind that kind of thing. And and with the intention of just being more present in what we do have, and what we do have control over. That's actually a perfect segue into wrapping up this interview because it goes back to exactly where you started about that peacefulness that you spoke to, knowing that your mom probably didn't suffer. And we can't always know for sure. And it sounds like for you, you really did realize that it was almost like this slipping away and it's not necessarily this terrible thing. Yeah, it's more of like a transition for her, right? It was like this one piece of her journey ended here and she was moving on to the next. and. Someday I will too, and as we all will. Yeah, I think there's absolutely power in in understanding it in that way, you know, and like I said, kind of dismantling the fear that we've built up around death and dying. But with that said, it still hurts like heck to be left behind. and, And there's as many tools as we have to help ourselves experience that. It's also just like giving grace to this experience. And knowing that it was meant for you, there is a reason that I experienced that as a child. There's a reason that you did. And there's beautiful ripple effects that come off of it. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to focus on as well. I'm grateful that you spoke to that. While there can be some peace knowing that it's not the end, it is the hardest for those that are left behind. Absolutely. Especially those that are younger or have challenges in their grief and in processing that. I think that we spoke to several things today that will resonate with our listeners. And there's no way we can speak to all the different ways that people experience grief and loss. I know through many of my clients, through even other friends, 
that sometimes it's very dark and lonely and there aren't necessarily these beautiful moments along the way. And so that process of healing can take much longer. So I wish I could speak to all of those experiences to give you that peace and that comfort. But I hope that what you heard today will help you recognize that it doesn't have to look a specific way. Those stages of grief come in all sorts of different ways and they're a big jumble of things and you go back and forth and up and down and all over the place. And yet over time, the pain does ease. There is that peace that comes if you are willing to make space for that. And you even spoke to that, Sky, that there's space for both like that sadness and also space for letting people in and opening your heart. And it doesn't have to be this all or nothing, but it does require some leaning in. And I hope that if anything, you'll have maybe a little more courage or openness to allow that process to take place and trust that process. Learn to give yourself that validation and acceptance. Is there any last thought you'd like to give, Sky, before we end today? Also, thank you so much for coming on and giving your insights. I really appreciate the things that you've spoken to today. No, I feel like we really covered a lot. I just, just thank you, Kendra, for, you know, I <laughs> I know what you asked me. I'm like, you want to talk to me? And I just really <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah, just your desire to, to um, ask me these questions. And it obviously is something that I've experienced. And I'm just really, I'm grateful that somebody wants to hear about my experience and kind of what I've learned um, throughout this process. So I just, I really thank you for the opportunity. Oh, of course. And I'm sure that everyone else listening right now is probably smiling just like I am. Like, why wouldn't we? After hearing Sky talk, you have incredible insights. So thank you so much. You are a beautiful person. Thank you for speaking to something like this and helping our listeners in their own processing of grief and loss. And hopefully we will be able to have you on in the future as well. And you take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kendra. Sky is truly a gem, and I'm sure after listening to those two episodes, you will agree with me. Her insights are never-ending, and I absolutely love her beautiful soul. I hope that as you listen to this episode today on grief and loss, that you can find more healing in your life. As you've heard more about Sky's journey and what healing can look like with those deeper and deeper layers as time goes on. Tune in next time for even more tips on how to strengthen your personal and family life. And don't forget to check out fulfillmenttherapy.org to sign up for that workshop and for Costa Rica. I'll see you in all the places. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you. No matter what your house or your hair looks like, I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then!